everybody, and welcome to this Monday edition of the Logan Blackman Show here on The Basement Podcast. I'm, of course, your host, Logan Blackman. And just before we get into all the stuff we're going to talk about today, go and follow all the Logan Blackman Show social media accounts. Go follow the Twitter account at the underscore LB underscore show. My personal Twitter account at Logan underscore Blackman. The Instagram account, the Logan Blackman Show. No space should pop up. And then Blackman Logan is my personal Twitter or Instagram account. And then go on Facebook and like the Logan Blackman Show on Facebook. And then go subscribe to the YouTube channel in that order. Let's tell you what we're doing on these all different social media accounts so you can follow. So you know what you're getting yourself into when you follow these things. So on Twitter, we'll retweet a lot of things. Some breaking news. That's where a lot of the breaking news stuff will go. A lot of the opinions I can type up will go on there. Like, um... Stay well, or not stay woke Wednesday, the Friday fun day tier list. Those will get posted on Twitter before we post it anywhere else. So make sure you go follow the Twitter account for the first. And, up, and that's also where the podcast gets posted to first. So make sure you go and follow that to be the first to get all your Logan Blackman show stuff. Uh, personal Twitter account. Eh, don't really do a lot on there. Uh, personal Instagram. Same thing. Don't really do on there. Show Instagram. We post a lot of previews for the day's show. So if you look at last Friday... The naming rights, or wait, no, that wasn't it. What was that? Was the last Friday the naming rights for the Bills Stadium? I think so. Naming right for the Bills Stadium, I believe it was on last Friday. We need to check on that. But we post show previews every single day, previewing each and every show. So make sure you go and look at that. Also, the Friday Fun Day stuff will get posted on there as well. So make sure you go and follow that Facebook page. We'll just have the podcast links, links to other different channels and stuff like that. Links to different websites. I'll post my website up there every once in a while if I've updated it. So make sure you go look at that. Oh, yeah. Go look at the LoganBlymanShow.com. Just search that in the search bar and it should pop up. And for the YouTube channel, you can watch podcast clips. 30-minute clips every single show that we do, except for last week. We weren't really great at doing it last week. We're going to do this. We're going to maybe try and do this every day. If not, we'll at least do it three times a week. So I will do it. For a fact, on Mondays, Wednesday, and Friday. We did a very bad job at it last week. We had a hard time scheduling everything out. But now, I think we've got it all under wraps. So, the videos will be back this week. Obviously, if you're watching the Logan Blackman Show video right now. And if you are watching the video, you can see I'm wearing this very nice red sweatshirt. What is this red sweatshirt I hear you say to yourself as you're watching this video going, Logan, what is that sweatshirt? Well, I'll tell you. It comes from the Logan Blackman Show's merchandise. The Logan Blackman Show merchandise is coming out very, very soon. This is a sample product of what we have on the website. I'm not going to reveal the website yet because I'm still waiting for some other things to get in the mail, to come in the mail. So once that stuff comes in, I'll start posting a link to the store or whatever you want to call it, shop thing, I don't, I don't know, tent. If you want to go with tent, I'll post that afterwards. After everything's come in, I'll post it and get on that. I've had two things come in the mail. I've had this sweatshirt, nice little crew neck sweatshirt, uh, red text on red. You get blue on blue, black on black, white on white, green on green. We got a lot of different colors you can choose from. We got a lot of shirts to choose from. And then this one came in the mail yesterday as well. Throw the other one on the ground. It is a unit of the week shirt. Let me hold it up for you. For Look at that. Tank top, not a shirt, tank top. Because if you're the unit of the week, you need to show off your gains, the the stuff that made you a unit in the first place. You can't have that covered up by sleeves. So I think, if I remember right, every single thing that has unit of the week on it is just a tank top. Because why would you want to? Why would you want your gains to be covered up or the things that made you an absolute unit covered up? So those two things came in the mail. They're a lot better quality than the original shirt which I wore uh, last Monday, I believe. So we got the original Logan Blackman Show shirt, tiny logo shirt. We do have more tiny logo shirts coming, but from a different website. That one was from Custom Inc. And now all of this stuff is coming from Teespring, as we have talked about in the past. But I'm very excited for when that stuff drops. It's going to be fun. I am very, very excited for when that stuff drops. And hopefully all of you buy that stuff, because they're not all of you. Because I don't expect all of you to buy it. But at least some of you go out and buy 
Logan Blackman Show merchandise once I officially drop the merchandise link. We'll post that on social media. So make sure you go and follow the social media accounts so you can be ready for whenever the website link gets shared all over social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, everywhere. And we'll also post it down in the description below on the YouTube channels as we move forward. Not this one, but as we move forward. But I am very, very, very excited about this. And it's if you haven't noticed, I don't know if you can notice or not, but it's it's later in the day. We are recording this on a Sunday. We're going to start recording the podcast at night. So Monday show will be on a sun. We'll be recording on a Sunday. Monday's on show. Tuesday show on a Monday, and so on and so forth. So it's a little darker out. And I've usually when I record a show, I haven't showered yet. I'm usually just waking up. So sometimes I'll throw on a hat, sweatshirt, and just record a show. But I've been up all day. It's five thirty right now. I've been up all day. But I got a hat on still. Why? Uh, I got a really short haircut the other day. I think Thursday. Very, very short. And it's it's bothering me a little bit for because of how short it actually is. I did not think it'd be this short, if I'm being 100% honest with you. Uh, I showed her a picture of what I wanted. It was a picture of my, my first William Penn headshot. I wanted to look something like that. Just a little short, not crazy. I said, can you trim down the sides a little bit more? I think she took that as, let's trim everything more. So it's way shorter than what I had originally anticipated when I walked into the barbershop that day. But you know what? Hair grows back for most people. <laughs> I've got, I can't, I'm, I'm too scared of that. I got grandparents that are bald. I can't, I can't be stretching that. I got to be knocking on all the wood around me. I got wood there um yeah just who can't be scared and that kind of stuff can't be trusting that kind of stuff but yeah so far at this point in my life at 22 years old almost 23 i've still got hair and it's growing still so positives we move on from here but yeah that is why i am rocking a hat today and also it's a cubs hat because baseball is back this week july 23rd this thursday baseball is back we'll have a whole preview section for you coming up on thursday's show go through the season and the different games go through the 60 game schedule make our predictions on what so we've gone through the, the standings for each but we haven't made our record predictions yet we've done a lot of different award things but that will be our officially official awards season predictions all of that stuff and on thursday you got the yankees at the nationals reigning world series champions Get the Washington Nationals against the team that's won the most World Series titles in the New York Yankees. Then you have the San Francisco Giants with Buster Posey out, sitting out because of the COVID-19 scares. Him and his wife just adopted two babies, if I, if I read that correctly. They'll be playing the Los Angeles Dodgers. Now, the Giants are expected by a lot of people, including myself, to be one of the worst teams in baseball this season. The Dodgers might just be the best team in the MLB this season record wise player by everything the best just the best of the best the los angeles dodgers so the best versus the worst essentially in this one i'm not saying the giants will be the worst team in the league i guess but they'll be up there or down there i guess down in the basement of baseball they won't i don't think they'll be below the likes of the tigers marlins orioles and royals i think they'll be right above them <laughs> but yeah baseball is back i am very very excited for baseball to be back. That means the NBA is coming back soon as well. That comes back on July 31st, I believe. If my memory serves me right, which is about a week. And I'm looking at my calendar right now. It's the 19th today. So it's a week and a half from now. Close to a week and a half from now. Maybe my math's a little off. I don't know. But the NBA is almost back. NFL, they're coming back as well. Training, Rookie training camps and all that stuff are starting up very, very soon. So, yeah. Sports are slowly coming back. But the NFL... And a lot of the players are not entirely happy with what is going on right now in the NFL. So Patrick Mahomes, half-billion-dollar man, richest man in all of sports contract-wise, biggest contract in sports history. Patrick Mahomes says, getting ready to report this week, hoping the NFL will come to agreement with the safe and right protocols so we can feel protected playing the sport we love. Hashtag we want to play. And a lot of NFL players, so baseball was the win and wear. Hashtag NFL is we want to play. You got the likes of Diggs tweeting, J.J. Watt, 
uh, Micah Hyde, Zach Ertz, Derek Carr, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, Byron Jones, Todd Gurley, J.C. Treader, Darius Slay, and Jarvis Landry, among thousands or hundreds, not thousands, but hundreds of more NFL players tweeting. Russell Wilson tweeted, I am concerned. My wife is pregnant. NFL's training camp is about to start, and there's still no clear plan on player health and family safety. We want to play football, but we also want to protect our loved ones. And this came up to a, I, I thought about this the other day. So if a player gets COVID-19, this goes in all facets. A player gets COVID-19. They have to quarantine for 14 days. The players around them, even if they test a negative, have to quarantine themselves for 14 days. Then that means you also have got the, the, the guards, the tackles, the quarterback, and the defensive line all have to coordinate or quarantine, not coordinate. Maybe they can coordinate a quarantine play date or something. I don't know. That's a whole team essentially taken out. Five offensive linemen, defensive linemen, and the quarterback all gone. So the NFL needs to figure out something. And uh, Dave Portnoy, got founder of Barstool, guy at Barstool, said today, it's funny that the players are tweeting at Roger Goodell like he actually cares about player safety. And it's just a weird time in the world. So I don't know what's going to happen. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I'm hoping there will be an NFL season. I'm hoping. Because remember, swapping jerseys, does that spreads the coronavirus. Tackling each other for 60 minutes doesn't do anything to the coronavirus. Coronavirus cannot attack you there. It's in the jersey exchange at the end of the game. That is where COVID-19 is at its highest risk and at its most aware going, okay, where do I go? Where do I go? Who do I attack? Now you! And it attacks itself. So no jersey swaps. Same thing with non-conference games in college football. COVID-19, scientific fact, COVID-19 does not spread through non-conference games. It, it, no, it does spread through non-conference It doesn't spread in conference games. It's a scientific fact. COVID-19 spreads only in non-conference games. If you cross state borders, no, it won't go there. So when Iowa travels to Rutgers over in New Jersey, COVID-19 cannot touch them there. But when they travel or have Iowa State and you and I travel to Iowa City, COVID-19's a, it attacks you closest to home. That's why they're doing this. Got a lot of these teams playing non-conference games and in-state games. COVID-19 will attack you closest to home, where it hits the hardest. That's why they did this. It's getting intense out there. Hopefully, there actually is a college football season. I feel really bad. Speaking for uh, you and I, talking about them playing Iowa, not only do I feel bad about them not getting that massive paycheck from Iowa for playing a D1 program, I think it was $650,000 is what I saw last week when this haul spread out. But you and I this year had one of their best homestands in recent memory. I'm trying to go to their the football pages website real quick. It is one of the most stacked home schedules you will see in you and I Panther history. Listen to this. This is their home schedule without non-conference games. Or with, I guess FCS still has it, but without the Iowa game. So you have Weber State, top 10, top 5 program in FCS. North Dakota State, the number one FCS program. Illinois State, usually around the top 25. South Dakota State, around the top 10. And uh, Missouri State, nice game to close out the season on senior day. But they got Bobby Petrino, so they're going to be fighting hard this year. <laughs> I remember seeing a tweet uh, a few months ago. It was, Bobby Petrino don't have a racist bone in his body. That dude hate everybody. Bobby Petrino, man, at Missouri State, good Lord. We had Bo Pelini, and then now he leaves. Got to get some crazy somewhere else. Bring in Bobby Petrino. Yes. <laughs> but look, Weber State, NDSU, Illinois State, South Dakota State, Those that's a stacked home schedule. You and I... That man, they're the number two ranked team in FCS this year. By a lot of accounts, they're returning pretty much everybody on their team. Didn't lose a lot of key starters last year. And they gained some very good recruits as well. And Will, friend of the show, I was expecting, and a lot of people were expecting them to take that other step this year. Until Trey Lance's last throw at North Coast State in the FCS championship game, Will McIlvain led the nation for freshmen in passing yards. 
So there's that next step. There wasn't, I don't, I, maybe there's a sophomore slump. Maybe. But I'm not, there, it, no. No. No sophomore slump. He's going to go in and ball out this year. All his weapons are returning. You saw what he did with no weapons, with all his receivers getting hurt, with Isaiah Weston, uh, Dion McShane, all getting hurt. Man, you and I was going to be so fun to watch this year. Now, I hope I'll still be able to go because hopefully I'll be filming football games this year. So I'll still hopefully get to go to games. But, man, it sucks. Not having the fans there, that place was going to get sold out, hopefully sold out every single week. It's going to be very exciting. There's a lot of good football games there. Weber State, NDSU, Illinois State, and South Dakota State. Those are some very, very, very good home games. Even last year had some good home games. You look at the home cycles they had last year. Southern Illinois, Southern Utah, Idaho State, decent games. But they had number 18, Youngstown State. A tough receiving votes, South Dakota. Number 7, oh no, that's wrong. Indiana State and Western Illinois. Not the hardest home schedule. But a fun home schedule nonetheless. If you look at the teams they played last year on the road, the teams that are coming to the Unidome this year, Weber State was fifth when they played. NDSU was number one. Illinois State was number seven. South Dakota State was number eight. All of those teams are going to come to the Unidome this year. Then Missouri State was unranked because they absolutely suck. So but it was going to be so fun. They almost beat you Iowa State last year. I think the Iowa game was going to be pretty fun. At least I hoped it was going to be pretty fun. It's obviously not happening anymore because remember – COVID-19 only spreads through conference games, non-conference games. Keep, I got to keep correcting myself. Non-conference games is where COVID-19 is at its highest. So make sure you look out for that. Hopefully other conferences realize that because the Big Ten and Pac-12 are on that. They're not messing around with that kind of stuff. They saw the stats. They saw the numbers and said, it's not safe to play these non-conference games against in-state rivals like Iowa State and, I, and you and I. Gotta send them out to Rutgers. That's where it's safe. It won't attack us from home there. I don't know. But hey, I just hope college football happens this year. And speaking of college football, congratulations to Trevor Lawrence. Just got engaged. Congratulations. About to be the number one pick in the draft. So it's going to be fun. At least I hope college football is here this year. Remember we talked about this, what was this, last Tuesday? of trailer uh justin fields and bleacher reports last mock draft had justin fields going number one trevor lawrence going number four there's no way unless he completely bombs out this season which could happen it could happen i don't see it happening with how weak the acc is and how strong of a roster clemson has trevor lawrence is not dropping outside the top three may i might go say top two in next year's draft that dude is uber talented He's got all of the things you look for in a quarterback. He's got the size. He's got the arm strength. He's got the mobility. He's a leader. He's a winner. He's lost one game in college, and he won a national championship against Alabama his first year as a starter. Sure, according to a lot of people, he didn't put up gaudy numbers, the gaudy numbers that were expected of him going into year two. He still had a very nice year. He got smacked in the mouth against Ohio State. What happened? Led them back and won the game against the guy that is going to be compared to him a lot because they were in the same high school class, came out of high school at the same time. Now they're going to be in draft. They're going to be draft partners. Traylance is going to be up there too, but not with those two. At least how I'm looking at it right now, maybe Trey Lance has himself a hell of a good season, which I fully expect. Dude didn't turn the ball over once last year. 28 touchdowns, 2,800 yards, led freshman in passing yards. Won a national championship. He'll be a top 10 tick, top ten pick, if not top 15 pick. But yeah, Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. It's going to be insane. It's going to be an intense battle. Hopefully, that's the national championship this year. So Ohio State and Clemson both have very, very strong rosters still. Even though they lost a lot of key players. Not a lot of key players, but some key players. Like Clemson lost T. Higgins to the draft. Justin Ross is out for the season with injury. But Clemson's going to go in. And be fine. Why? Because they got big name recruits behind those guys as well. Maybe not massive name recruits. Not maybe not a thousand five star recruits, but three and four stars playing for Clemson. That's a win. They'll be fine. Clemson will be fine. They got Travis at the end back. Trevor Lawrence is back. They might have lost Isaiah Simmons and AJ Terrell. They will be fine. 
you look at the ACC, there's not a lot of teams that are really going to be challenging the Clemson Tigers this year for an ACC title. I don't really see that. In Ohio State, they might have lost Jeff Akuda, Damon Arnett. They might have lost J.K. Dobbins. They might have lost K.J. Hill. But they've still got a lot of freaking talent on that roster. Most notably, as we talked about, Justin freaking Fields. They got Olave out wide. They got Sean Wayne as a D-back. They'll be fine. They will be fine. Losing Chase Young, big as well. I don't know why I just thought of him now. It was the second overall pick. They'll be fine. Ohio State will be absolutely fine. They lost players the season before. They lost their starting quarterback. They lost Nick Bosa. Lost a lot of key players the season prior. Still went on to go undefeated until the the college football playoff happened. They'll be fine. These teams that lose people, they'll be fine because they're too good. But Alabama, they're going to be tough as well. Alabama, a very, very tough opponent. Though they went 11-2 last year, they are returning a lot of people. Compared to Clemson and Ohio State, the top three teams of college football to me are those three, Clemson, Ohio State, and Alabama, not in any order. They're returning pretty much everybody. Najee Harris coming back. Devontae Smith's coming back. Jalen Waddell's coming back. Alex Leatherwood came back. Dylan Moses came back. Patrick Sertan's still there. And now you got a quarterback battle between Mac Jones and Bryce Young. To his brother transferred. Bryce Young, a lot of people are comparing to Kyler Murray, who we've talked about a lot on the show. Not just Kyler Murray, but the talk of the comparison of Kyler Murray to Bryce Young. So who will start, Mac Jones or Kyler Murray? Well, I'll give you one thing. Tell you one thing about this. One person whose opinion is valued over most in the college football realm for college football season previews just may have predicted it exactly right. I'm not saying he did. He doesn't get every prediction right, but this thing is the most... It's my favorite book. I don't read a lot of books anymore. I read a lot of sports blogs, or not sports blogs, but like written stuff. I I don't know where I'm going with this, but okay, whatever. I read stuff sometimes. But this thing, I have gotten pretty a, a, a while. I've had it a while. I got I get it every single year. They said that this wasn't going to get released in stores, so I had to order it. And it came in the mail yesterday, along with my Logan Blackman Show sweatshirt and my Logan Blackman Show tank top there. It's the best book on the market ever, the Phil Steele 2020 College Football Preview. And on the cover... You can see Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Najee Harris, and Ronnie Perkins all on the cover there. Look at this. I love this book. Favorite magazine, favorite book, whatever you want to call it, it is fantastic. The book experts cannot do without. And you know what? Damn right I'm an expert. So I will go in here and read this in-depthly. We'll go through this. Scooch over laptop. We got Phil Steele here. So Phil Steele, if you, did not, if you don't know who Phil Steele is, he releases a book every single year. Going over all of college football. He hasn't. He used to have an NFL one. I don't think he makes the NFL one anymore, but he used to have one. And he goes through and predicts everything. Every bowl game, uh, conference standings, every single conference, down all the way to the lower level conferences in college football. You think, oh man, he's not an expert until he predicts the Sun Belt. That's what he did. Predicts the Sun Belt Conference. In the back of the book, the, Phil Steele can't miss. He's still got his fastball. He's throwing heaters all freaking day. He's a roll this Chapman before Joe Madden tried to throw his arm out in the World Series. He just keeps throwing heaters. And now it's here. Phil Steele, 2020 college football season preview. Now, at the start of the book, you always post his Heisman Trophy winners or Heisman Trophy finalists for his four he has on here. Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, Sam Ellinger, and Chubba Hubbard or Chuba Hubbard. I've never really known how to say his name. I like saying Chuba Hubbard because Chuba is kind of funny to say. But I think the first two, and even Chuba Hubbard could be in the Heisman race. I'm not saying Sam Ellinger won't be in the Heisman race. But I think Najee Harris could have a really good shot at that this year. Alabama has crapped out at least Heisman finalists over the past 10 years. You look at the likes of Mark Ingram. You'll get Eddie Lacy. You look at Derrick Henry. You look at Trent Richardson. All guys that have had great success in college. I know not all of them have had success in the pros. Only two of those four have had success in the pros. But Najee Harris is freaking ridiculous. You look at his high, go watch his high school stats. His high or high school stats. Go watch his high school highlights. 
Dude's running over people. It's the biggest running back in high school history. It feels like. I don't know if he actually is. I don't actually know he's not. There's some really, really big unit that played running back. But Najee Harris is freaking insane. There's no other way around it. Najee Harris is just an absolutely insane human being. He's a beast. So I think he could be up there as well. There's not going to be that big of a rotation this year in regards to Alabama running backs. He's going to be the bell cow for a lot of this season, you would expect. But other people, I think, could also get mentioned in regards to the Heisman Trophy this year. I think I think it's a two-horse race, really, between Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence. But Chubba Hubbard's obviously going to be mentioned up there. Spencer Rattler, with the hype he's been getting, I think he could be up there as well. Apparently, as we've said numerous times in the show, a lot of people are saying he's the most talented and most gifted quarterback Lincoln Riley has ever had. And he's had Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, and Jalen Hurts. If this is the most talented quarterback he's ever had, good luck to the rest of the country. I will just say that. Now, I've never seen him actually play in college. He's played very minimal. He's had very minimal playing time at Oklahoma. So we'll have to see what he does in actual action. But from the hype, you would think he's he should be talked about in the Heisman Trophy race. Other players we could talk about here as well. Derek King, very exciting quarterback from Miami. Sam Howell from North Carolina can also be mentioned up there. I'm going to mention a lot of quarterbacks here because quarterbacks and running backs dominate this award. It's just plain and obvious. Chase Young, to a lot of people, was the best player in the country last year. I think he finished fourth in the Heisman Trophy in total votes. Best player in the country came fourth in the Heisman. It's an offensive trophy, and when you go to offensive, it is a quarterback and running back trophy. For being honest, it's it sucks, but it's a quarterback and running back trophy only. You see some wide receivers win it, but it's very rare that happens. Like Joe Burrow dominated last year. Then you got like the Alabama running backs we've mentioned before. RG3, Tim Tebow, Cam Noon, Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield. We ranked the freaking Heisman Trophy winners last 10 of them, or last 20 of them, the other day, or last Friday. How many running backs were on this list? How many quarterbacks were on this list? How many other positions did you have on this list? If you look at all these players... In the last 20 years, or I guess 18, because this didn't include this last time. You have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 quarterbacks, two running backs. Those two running backs being, or three, three running backs. You include Mark Ingram, Derrick Henry, and Reggie Bush. This is a quarterback trophy. And if it's not a quarterback trophy, it's a running back trophy. Just look out through the history of the Heisman Trophy. So I'm going to mention a lot of running backs, a lot of quarterbacks in this list. Right now, I think Derek King and Sam Howell, though I don't know if they'll actually win the award, I think they should get, could get mentioned in the award as well. Maybe Charlie Brewer's a shout. May, not really, but maybe. Uh, you got Brock Purdy's going to be mentioned up there. Brees Hall could be mentioned there as well. To Not saying they – just get talked about. I'm not saying these guys are going to win the freaking Heisman Trophy. I am saying these guys – could definitely be up there or be mentioned in this a little bit. Uh, Johnson or Bateman from Minnesota could be mentioned in this as well. The wide receiver, uh, Petrus, of course, Tyler Goodson, of course, Amir Smith, Marset, of course, Brandon Smith, yes, Tyrone Tracy, yes. All these guys could be mentioned up there as Heisman Trophy winners this year. Ian Book, if Notre Dame plays any conference games this year, if he has a good year, Notre Dame, maybe maybe i'd i don't know keaton slovis will get mentioned in there Jaden daniels if arizona state has a good year they will be up there but again it, there, you don't see a lot of seven and five teams players their starting quarterbacks winning heisman trophies it doesn't really happen that often again if you look at the players we just mentioned out of the heisman trophy winners yeah national champ national champ uh first freshman ever to win it beat alabama in his freshman season college football finalist uh, just electrifying player in Lamar Jackson, uh, semifinals of college football, semifinalist, uh, champion and semifinalist, champion and semifinalist, uh, semifinalist, uh, Rose Bowl or no Orange Bowl champion right there. RG three out of all of these quarterbacks was on the worst team in Baylor. Sean or uh, yeah, Sean. No, uh, oh crap, I'm blanking like crazy. Jason White, good lord! I almost said Sean White. I was like, that's not right. Jason White was in the top or up there in college. Like these are all eleven and two at worst, ten and three maybe. 
teams here. A lot of very, very good teams there. You don't see a lot of, uh, uh, I don't know, Iowa State players win Heisman trophies. Yeah, there's none. Uh, you don't see a lot of Arizona State players win Heisman trophies. You don't see a lot of uh, Maryland players win Heisman trophies. There, It doesn't go to players like that. If you're, on a, if you're just on an average team, there's probably a better chance of me winning the Heisman. And I don't even play college football anymore and played college football, I guess. You can't just be on an average team. You have to be the best player on the best team. And if you're not the best player on the best team, then the best player on one of the best teams. And we want to get a little bit more lenient on that. Like Joe Burrow won a Heisman last year. National champion. Look at Kyler Murray the year before. Went to the college football playoff. Same with Baker the year before. College football playoff. And there's just so many. There's so many good quarterbacks here. There's so many good quarterbacks. I think Lamar and RG3, just because of how talented they were, had to be up there. The stuff Lamar Jackson did was absolutely insane in his time at Louisville. But, yeah, there's there's more players we can mention here. But I think Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence will easily be mentioned at the top of Heisman Trophy lists around the nation. Now let's go through some of the stuff here. You go, oh, his first-team All-Americans, offensive All-Americans. Trevor Lawrence, first-team All-American with Chubba Hubbard, Travis Etienne, Devontae Smith, Tylen Wallace, Jamar Chase. I forgot about Jamar Chase. There's a lot of really, very, very good players. Gregory Rousseau from Miami, supposed to be a top 10 pick this year. Kayvon Thibodeau is supposed to be up there next year. Dylan Moses will be a first-round pick. Micah Parsons will be a top 10 pick. Sean Wade, Derek Stingley, just beasts. Absolute beasts. Then you got Justin Fields, second team. Sam Ellinger, third team. And then Keaton Slovis bringing up the rear in fourth team all-american i want to find where he gets the tries to predict like the championships and stuff because those are always interesting when i every time i see those i try to make my own predictions as well try to see if i can be better than phil Steele because you know it's the ex it's the book the experts can't do without and of course as i said earlier i am an expert here we go that's not even the that's just ah it's not what we wanted there that's just recapping the last few calls. Okay, whatever. We're not finding it. But in the SEC, let's go over standings real quick. So we're not going to find the uh, his predictions for the college ball playoff and that stuff. I'm not going to keep going back and forth on pages because I'm going to lose my page too easily. And that's that's just not what I want to do. So we're going to go with the SEC here. It goes by conference. And it's been in the same order pretty much the entire time. SEC, then the Big Ten. And then it used to be Big 12. Is it still Big 12? ACC, and then Big 12 next, and then Pac-12, and then Independent, which isn't even a real conference. The American Athletic, the AAC, Mountain West, and we go a little further, CUSA, Conference USA, for those of you who do not know. Uh, then you got the MAC, and you got the Sun Belt bringing up the rear. So we're going to go over the Power 5 conferences. We might touch on the littler conferences in a little bit, but... We have to go over the big guys, the big boy conferences. So here in the SEC, you got Alabama winning the West, Georgia winning the East, with Florida coming second in, in the East. Complete standings read in the West, Alabama a and LSU, Auburn, L Ole Miss, Mississippi State, and Arkansas. In the East, Georgia, Florida, Tennessee, Kentucky, South Carolina, Missouri, and Vanderbilt. I think everybody can agree uh, Arkansas and Vanderbilt will come last on their side of their conference. I don't think there's a lot of people that are going to disagree uh, with that. I think it's safe to say they are coming in last. Alabama, as we said just a little bit ago, they are bringing back essentially everybody. If you look at Phil Steele's got the total numbers here, seven offensive, five defensive, and on offense, you look at the stars that are returning, Matt Jones, Najee Harris, Jalen Waddell, Devontae Smith, and Alex Leatherwood, big name. This is the big name, guys. There's five alone. On offense, you just got some very ta- you got some great players here, man. You got some very very good players. I don't know if Mac Jones is going to be the start in his time last year. Played sixty nine percent of his passes, fifteen hundred yards, fourteen touchdowns, three picks. Do I think Mac Jones? Now, usually, if there's a quarterback battle to Phil Steele, he'll bold the backup guy. The backup on here, he does have Bryce Young, but he doesn't have him bolded. So I don't know if Phil Steele really believes. There will be an actual quarterback battle coming in to this season. I think there will be, but that's just where I'm standing on the matter. 
He has Kellen Mond, speaking of quarterbacks, being the first team all-conference member for the SEC and in Georgia. Now, of course, this happened after this book was starting to get published and released. JT Daniels announced his transfer to Georgia. So JT Daniels is not in this book because, again, this book was released or published and everything prior to JT Daniels announcing his transfer to to Georgia. We'll see if JT Daniels can actually beat out Jamie Newman this year. It's going to be interesting. Georgia's going to be an interesting quarterback battle this year. Other teams in the SEC we can look at, LSU, they're only bringing three starters back on offense. Uh, Miles Brennan was a pretty highly rated, decently highly rated recruit coming out of high school. Uh, he played a tiny bit last year, threw for 353 yards, touchdown interception, completed 60% of his passes. Nothing spectacular, but did put up, did play a little bit. Just got a little bit of, oh, I just hit my funny bone. Oh, on my chair. My chair is fighting against me. Oh, no. That doesn't feel very good. But he's going to be using Jamar Chase a lot this year at 1,700 yards. The Blitnikoff Award winner from last year. He's he going to use him a lot. And on defense, you got Derek Stingley, the best corner in college football. Dude's a sophomore. He's a freaking sophomore. He's a stupid sophomore. And he's the best corner. He was the best cornerback in the country. Maybe second best corner in the country last year. Find Jeff Okuda. But he was an absolute beast last year. LSU on defense returning five starters. They're only returning eight starters out of the 22 possible for offensive defense. They're going to be not, they're not going to go undefeated again. I'm going to say that now. If they do, all power to them. I love Coach O. I love LSU. I always have had a nice little soft spot for the LSU Tigers because Iowa, you know, we like to beat our, we like to beat some LSU Tigers. But yeah. LSU, I don't see undefeated in your future, but I think you guys can still be good. 10 wins, I think, is what is on the cards for LSU this season. It was an insane season last year. LSU was freaking awesome last year. Uh, but let's talk about Georgia. We obviously said that JT Daniels transferred after this book was getting published, but Stetson Bennett is someone that's getting a little disrespected around these parts of the SEC. Stetson Bennett completed 74% of his passes, had 260 yards and two touchdowns last year in garbage time pretty much in replace of Jake Fromm who's now on the Buffalo Bills still on the Buffalo Bills to this day I saw him post a picture on Twitter of him working out in a Bills shirt today even though a lot of people including myself kind of thought he he gone he gone but yeah Jamie Newman right now is the favorite to be the starting quarterback of the Georgia Bulldogs a lot of people when the draft pretty much when the draft was over the 2020 NFL draft was over a lot of people like to just throw out their 2021 NFL drafts, which are not always the most accurate. Because if you look at the ones from last year, this time last year, how many of them had Joe Burrow going number one overall? Not a lot. So a lot of things can change in college football over season. But Jamie Newman, to a lot of people, was going to be a top 30 quarterback, top 30 prospect, was going to be in the first round of the draft. Top 30 pick. I don't know if he was a top 30 prospect to a lot of these people, but top 30 pick in the draft. Uh, he didn't do anything spectacular at Wake Forest. He played good. I fully expect him to elevate his game this year at Georgia with better players around him. I expect him to do better. But their offense in recent years has not been that great. Running the ball, great passing game, hasn't been that spectacular in recent memory. Ever since Aaron Murray left, it hasn't been there hasn't been that like that that big arm the quarter of the Georgia quarterbacks. So hopefully Jamie Newman brings that. If not him, JT Daniels. If not him, Stetson Bailey. If not him, they've got a few quarterbacks coming in that are gonna put up some monster numbers. You see the quarterbacks that they've recruited the past few years. Jacob Eason, Jake Fromm, Justin Fields. Now you've got the transfers of Jamie Newman and JT Daniels. You got a five-star quarterback coming in next year or two years from now, something like that. They don't want to recruit quarterbacks. And the best one is now at Ohio State. George is going to be watching him compete for a national championship while they lose to Alabama in the SEC championship game. Them in Florida, Kyle Trask, see how big of a step he takes this year. I love Kyle Trask's story. I hope he's the next Joe Burrow. We've talked about that a few times on the show. I hope Kyle Trask is the next Joe Burrow because I really like his story. He's a backup in high school to Eric King, now at Miami. It was coming into Florida. It was a backup of Florida to Felipe Franks. Franks gets hurt. Trask comes in and absolutely balls out. He threw 2,900 yards, 25 touchdowns last year 
in ba- I don't know what you want to call it reservation time reservation time is not even a word reserve time I backup quarterback time he uh, he put up good numbers let's see how he does as a full season the guaranteed starter full season working with the number ones see how he does Felipe Franks see how he does at Arkansas that's another he beat out Felipe Franks who's a two-year starter and kicked Felipe Franks out the door essentially one team I'm interested though more intrigued on than anything other than even more than Alabama Georgia Florida uh, Auburn A&M all these guys is Kentucky Kentucky was one of the most exciting teams last year in the last half of the season about a quarter away through the season after that Kentucky was freaking awesome they threw Lynn Bowden in a quarterback and they put up monster yards on the ground if you read what Lynn Bowden did 1400 yards and 13 touchdowns now he's on the Oakland Raiders, Las Vegas Raiders, whatever you want to call them. Vegas, Los Angeles, Oakland, whatever you want to call them. He was awesome last year. And I hate that he's on the Raiders. He provides a lot of versatility to his game. Play running back, quarterback, wide receiver, play everything. Now, I'd not recommend playing him at quarterback if you want him to throw the ball. If you want to do what like Kentucky did, then yes, play him at quarterback. If you're going to want to make him be, make him be a quarterback, and throw the ball 50 times a game. That's a lot. 30 times a game, it's not going to work. Now at Kentucky, Cherry Wilson is coming back as a starter, projected starter, okay? So we'll see if he actually comes back and is the starter. He was a starter two years ago, played all the games, if my memory serves me right, was a starter at the start of the season, got hurt, Sawyer Smith comes in, was a transfer, and then Lynn Bowden comes in, completely changes the complexion, of this team, and they put up monster points. You look at the last three games now, not against the stiffest of competition, but 38, 50, and 45 points, and then they threw up 37 on Virginia Tech in the Belk Bowl. Belk Bowl! Best bowl game out there. Yeah, we'll see if Terry Wilson can bounce back this season. He was third on the team in passing yards last year <coughs> behind Sawyer Smith and Lid Bowden. Oh, God. Yeah, I'm interested to see how they revert back to a normal-ish offense this year now moving on to the big 10 ohio state winning it no surprise there the thing that i was surprised about was that phil Steele has northwestern above minnesota in the big 10 west a lot of people really like minnesota he has tanner morgan as a first team all or second team all big 10 member he has rashad bateman as a first team all big 10 member but he has northwestern above him so here's what he said for his reasoning i won second by the way for those of you who are wondering Pat Fitzgerald entered 2019 on a 15-1 run in Big Ten regular season games. It was a rough year with with zero offense and an erratic QB play. I did not project the defending Big Ten champs or Big Ten East or West champs to make a bowl, and they were 101st on my X chart, expert chart, EXP chart, I don't know. Northwestern crashed to 1-8 and number 11 in Big Ten with a minus 57.7 yards per game. This year, they add veteran QB Peyton Ramsey from Indiana, who led Indy to a bull last year. Northwestern rates a hefty plus 6.5 on my stock market indicator, where minus 10 in TOs and rise all the way to number two on my EXP chart with 19 returning stars. Last year, the D allowed just 336 yards, 25th in FBS, and they have nine stars back. Northwestern is my second most improved team. His most improved team, for those of you who are wondering, is the Miami Hurricanes, which he put on the back. Uh, surprise team is Texas A&M on the back, but we're not here to talk about them. Northwestern returning a buttload of people next year. Will they finish above Minnesota? Tough to tell. But Northwestern finished 3-9 and nine last year. 10 offensive starters. Hunter Johnson, former five-star recruit, was at Clemson, transferred to Northwestern, and everybody, or not maybe not everybody, but I thought like oh they got a five-star quarterback maybe they'll have some success throwing the ball nope not not at all he sucked last year and now they actually got a good quarterback in Peyton Ramsey who's played very well at Indiana once he replaced Nate Sudfeld there over in Bloomingdale Indiana Bloomingfield Indiana I don't know what city Indiana plays in but I think he'll be a very good addition to Northwestern team. But they're returning 19 of the 22 possible starters. That is very, very nice for the Northwestern Wildcats. One of my least favorite teams in college football. For the Iowa Hawkeyes, the best team in FBS. The Iowa Hawkeyes are returning 11 starters out of possible 22. Spencer 
Petrus is replacing Nate Stanley and finished second all-time in passing yards at Iowa. Petrus broke all of Jared Goff's passing records in high school, went to the same high school as Jared Goff. So when Jared Goff got drafted number one overall by the Los Angeles Rams, that was around the time Petrus committed to Iowa. I remember my dad came downstairs, so I was sitting in the basement like we are right now, and said, the Hawks just got the guy that just smashed the number one overall picks to high school records in Petrus. The hype train on Petrus, in my eyes, is freaking insane. Now, also, there's a pretty big hype train, a lot of a lot of Iowa fans, around Deuce Hogan. This kid from Texas, who's getting, who's like, hyping up the Iowa Hawkeyes football program and getting a lot of very good recruits to the University of Iowa. But Spencer Petrus, unless he wins the Heisman this year and leaves early, I see him staying all four years. He's a sophomore this year. So, uh, no, he's not a, what, is he a redshirt freshman? Redshirt sophomore? I think he's a redshirt sophomore. Is he a red? I, I don't know. I can't remember. But uh, he's at least a sophomore. They got a lot of good piece on offense coming back. A lot of weapons for him. Tyler Goodson's coming back. Brandon Smith's coming back. Amir Smith-Marset's coming back. Tyrone Tracy's coming back. You got Sam Laporta at tight end. I had to make sure I read his name right on here. You got Tyler Lindebaum, one of the best, if not the best center in college football, one of the best young centers in college football. He's a freaking former defensive tackle, and he comes to Iowa is now one of the top centers in college football. Freaking ridiculous. You got Makai Sargent coming back as well. Very important piece there. You got a lot of good weapons coming back for Spencer Petras. I was talking to a friend last night when we were driving to the Iowa Speedway for the Indy Corn 250, the second one. Uh, Scott Dixon didn't do anything. Penske dominated the weekend. Simon Pagino won the first race. And then Joseph Newgarden, who's won three races there already, won last night. It's a dominating weekend for Penske. Pagano started last on Friday, won the race Friday, and then came in fourth last night. But that's not what we're here to talk about. But it's like, there's too much stuff, too much talent on this roster for Petrus not to be just average, at least, this upcoming season. I just want to be good. I have a lot of high expectations for Petrus. And with the hype around surrounding Deuce Hogan, this might turn into a Ricky Stangy, James Vandenberg thing, or Drew Tate, Jay Christian thing, where there's a lot of people calling for the backup and I kind of feel bad for Alex Padilla because I don't see him playing or being a full-time starter at Iowa just yet maybe he is in the future maybe he beats out Deuce Hogan but with the hype train around Deuce Hogan right now a lot of Iowa fans I can imagine will be able will be quick to jump on Petrus's back if he starts to struggle for the kid that's been hyping up everything on Twitter which a lot of Iowa fans have been following him on Twitter and it's not it's hard not to like what Deuce Hogan is doing down in Texas with his recruiting of Iowa, getting people up to Iowa, and his play in these high school American games down in Texas, or high, Texas State High School game. I don't know what you want to call them. I He played good in a USA game a while ago. I don't know. But, yeah, Petrus, I hope he does well. Larry Jackson's coming back as well. It's supposed to be a top 20 pick, I would guess, in next year's draft. See how he does this year, or next year, because last year, battled injuries early, had some inconsistent play around him. He was expected to be a first-round pick last year, much like Alex Leatherwood and Walker Little at Stanford. All three of those guys have come back, and we'll see which one will be the highest rated this year. Walker Little's gaining loss team, uh, Sewell from Oregon, is the number one rated tackle in a lot of people's drafts, obviously. Very big dude, very mobile dude. Will be more than likely drafted number two overall, depending on who has number one pick, I guess, because he could technically be number one if a team really likes him that much and is willing just not to get a buttload of picks for the number one overall pick to draft Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields, whichever one they see fit. But Iowa, I would fully expect, even though it's a hard schedule, you play Ohio State and Penn State back-to-back weeks. You're at Minnesota. You're at those two teams, to say the least. You play Northwestern, supposed to be vastly improved. Wisconsin to end the season, which will be awesome, though there won't be any fans there, to end the season be awesome. They play Nebraska as well. Pounded Nebraska the past four years, five years. I, but Iowa pretty much owns the state of Nebraska. It's no coincidence. The best city in Nebraska, Omaha, is the closest city in Nebraska to Iowa. I mean, it doesn't. It makes. It just. It makes sense. It just makes sense. But Iowa, I would guess around eight or nine wins this year. That's my prediction right now because they got some winnable games there. I think they can beat. I think they can beat Minnesota at Minnesota. I think they can beat Michigan State. I think they can beat Northwestern. Beat Illinois, Nebraska, Purdue, 
Wisconsin, or I guess they're not going to win eight or nine games because that'd be them going undefeated because they <laughs> they don't have any non-conference games this year. So I need Iowa State, Northern Iowa, Northern Illinois, all gone. But yeah, I am excited for the Iowa Hawkeyes football season. I'm excited to see what Spencer Petras can do this upcoming season. Let's move on to the Big 12 before we start really running out of time. Uh, or no, the ACC. I forgot they switched up. The ACC now comes before the Big 12. Clemson winning it. There's not a lot to see there. Uh, first team all conference for quarterbacks, Trevor Lawrence. Second team, Sam Howell. Then Derek King. And then Louisville's Mikhail Cunningham. Now, I think that's fair. And that is very, very fair for the quarterback rankings here. I think you could put Chase Bryce maybe up there. DeVito could also be mentioned up there. The Syracuse quarterback, Tommy DeVito. Uh, James Blackman, maybe he has a bounce back year without the Willie Taggart thing over his head. He's, he expects Florida State to be number two in the conference, or number two in the Atlantic side, which is Clemson's side. So we'll see how he does there. I think Louisville still has some talent on their roster, but Florida State might be able to push them this year. Uh, in the Coastal, he has North Carolina winning. Very, um, it's pretty much a favor. It's kind of consensus now that North Carolina is going to win the Coastal. I announced this, my uh, campaign to get North Carolina to win the Coastal back in April, I believe. So I will take full credit for this. I don't think anybody had this opinion before I said it. So by that logic, Phil Still must listen to the Logan Blackman show. That's what I'm getting from all of this. But North Carolina winning the Coastal, Miami coming second, something that we've been saying for a while. Yeah, fair. I think Miami's going to be very improved as he has them as his most improved team in college football next season. Not surprise team, but most improved team. Clemson, yeah. Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne, Amari Rogers expected to take a big leap this year with Justin Ross being out injured. It's going to be hard without the likes of Isaiah Simmons and without A.J. Terrell. But I think Clemson, with five stars coming out their their rear ends, I think they'll be I think they'll be fine. They always have a good defense. They always have a good offense. They'll be up there with the best in college football again, and they will be in a college football national championship again. And uh, will they win it? I don't know, but they'll be there. They will definitely be there. North Carolina, one of my favorite teams going into this new season. Sam Howell, one of my favorite quarterbacks. They're returning 10 starters on offense, which is what we've, been, we've said this 100 times over on why North Carolina's going to be awesome. No, quarterback's back. Your top two receivers are back. Or not, pretty much all your receivers are back. Top two running backs are back. And Michael Carter and Javante Williams, 2,000-yard rushers last year. Or close to it. We'll, we'll count Javante Williams as a 1,000-yard rusher. He was at 933 last year. We'll give him the credit there. They're just returning so much on offense. They finished 7-6 and six last year. 6-6 six and six in the regular season. They actually smacked Temple in the bowl game, 55-13. They are my most improved team this year. Miami... They finished with the same record. Basically, they're one game bet worse than North Carolina. They lost their bowl game to Louisiana Tech when they were rotating their three quarterbacks, Jerron Williams, uh, Nikozai Perry, and Tate Martell. Jerron Williams is gone. Derek King is in. So hopefully that makes Miami a better team on offense. They're returning eight starters on offense. So hopefully Derek King is that step they needed to get over the hump. To me, North Carolina is my most improved team from a season ago. They're only one game better than Miami were last year. And North Carolina is returning two more stars on offense, and I think two more stars on defense, too, if I read that. Yeah. So, that's my prediction for most improved team. Surprise team this year? Um, Let's go with... Who do I want to say is a surprise? Do I think anybody... USC. Let's go with USC. I think USC can make some noise this year. Pac-12 lost a lot of good talent on offense. Lost a decent amount of talent on defense. They will win their side of the Pac-12. I will guarantee that now. I think Keaton Slovis will be one of the top quarterbacks in college football. They got a lot of good pieces on the offense coming back. Yes, they lost Michael Pittman, but got Amar, Amara St. Brown. I don't know if I said his name right. Coming back as well. His number two target from last year. USC will be, they'll be fine. USC will be up there with some of the best in college football. I would hope if they live up to their potential and beat the teams they're supposed to in their conference this year, they should be fine. They should be fine. So let's move on to the Big 12. And the Big 12 for Phil Steele, he has Oklahoma winning it. Not very surprising. Texas in second. Oklahoma State third. He has Baylor, who came second last year, dropping all the way down to seventh. Now, they did lose their head coach, Matt Rule, to the NFL. Now they head coach the Carolina Panthers. 
But this team is not as bad as it was when Matt Rule took over, when he's completely decimated after their whole scandal thing took place. They're still in decent shape. They got their starting quarterback back, but it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard for them, especially in the Big 12 with Oklahoma's going to be up there again. Texas is going to be improved. Oklahoma State with Spencer Sanders and Chubba Hubbard, a dynamic duo, one of the most underrated dynamic duos in college football. Spencer Sanders expected to take that next step this season as Phil Steele has him. Never mind, not on there. <laughs> but Oklahoma State will be vastly improved. They're returning quite a few people on their team. TCU, Max Duggan, see how he does in year two. Iowa State, I think they'd be above TCU. Uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting in the Big 12 this year. We don't really need to talk about Oklahoma and Texas. We've already talked about a lot about these teams. But Oklahoma State with Spencer Sanders, a lot of people are expecting him to take another big a big step this season. Spencer Sanders last year, 20,000 20, yards. Oh, wow, 20,000 yards, 2,000 yards. 16 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, while also running for 768 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Chubba Hubbard, arguably the best running back in college football this year, came back after leading the nation in rushing yards, if my memory serves me right, with 12 rush, 21 rushing touchdowns as well. Uh, they're returning his leading receiver, Tylen Wallace, second leading receiver in Dylan Stoner. Braden Johnson's coming back as well. Tylen Wallace, though, is a big one. 903 yards receiving for him. Oklahoma State, seem to always have a good to decent quarterback with a really good number one option. You look at the likes of Zach Robinson back in the day with Des Bryant. Now, or then, you had Brandon Whedon and Justin Blackman. Justin Blackman is still technically on the Jaguars roster, if you can believe that. And now you have Spencer Sanders and Tylen Wallace. Oh, yeah, and Mason Rolfe and James Washington prior, right before this one, too. You always have a good to decent quarterback and a very talented number one wide receiver at Oklahoma State. I don't know what it is. But they always seem to have that. And they have a really nice history of running backs with Barry Sanders, with Thurman Thomas, Kendall Hunter, now Chubba Hubbard. Now, Kendall Hunter not up there with these those three I mentioned also. But very good running back there as well. But let's see if Oklahoma State can take that next step this year. They finished the season ranked 25th. They lost to Texas A&M in their bowl game. So, yeah, we'll see how they do. They got Big 12's not easy. It's never really an easy conference. We'll see how they do this year. Iowa State, Brock Purdy coming back. See how he does his junior. Kind of statistically had a down year last year comparative, compared to his freshman year. Got smashed by Notre Dame, which was I – I know how they got into the bowl game. I understand how they got to the bowl game. I'm not going to explain it here because we've got about a little under three minutes left in the show. But they just got absolutely pounded. Brees Hall is coming back. Very good running back for Iowa State. Uh, DeJounte Jones is gone, so that sucks. Tariq Milton's coming back. Charlie Kohler, a tight end, is coming back. One of the top tight ends in college football. So there's the thing. A good running back and a pass-catching tight end. Two very important things for a quarterback. No matter what age they are, those are very, very important things to a quarterback's development. Now, this is the year Iowa State won't be playing Iowa, so Matt Campbell can get that off of him for a little bit. He hasn't beaten Iowa in his time at Iowa State. To, if I remember correctly, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But Iowa State, he has them going fifth in the conference. I think they can go a little better than maybe fourth max. But I think the top three is right. I think he's got Oklahoma, Texas, Oklahoma State. I think that's I think that's fine. To Oklahoma State is returning. I didn't check the total stars. Returning 17 stars, 10 on defense, 7 on offense. And a key thing in the Big 12, all the offenses are very good. Oklahoma, Texas. Okie State's now getting better. Iowa State's got a good offense. Baylor historically has a good offense in the 21st century. West Virginia's had a good offense. We got a good offense. Yeah, yeah. I think I got my swagger back. Oh, okay. If you don't understand that, I, I'm sorry. I If you don't know where that's coming from, then I'm sorry. But Oklahoma State returning 10 starters on defense is massive. With a conference that is known primarily for its offense, returning 10 starters is big so hopefully for their sake and their fans sake they can use that as a big factor for them to help stop some of the teams that I mentioned prior like Baylor Oklahoma Texas Iowa State West Virginia all these teams I mentioned before but yeah that's what we're looking at right now and for speaking of Baylor 
Uh, 11-3 last year. They're only returning two stars on defense, which is a big reason why he has them going down as much as he is. Seven stars on offense, only nine returning stars in total out of the 22 on the roster. Uh, it's going to be tough for Baylor, especially with the new head coach, Dave Aranda. Aranda? I don't know how to say. His first year as a head coach. Uh, it's going to be hard, but Matt Rule turned it around, finished, was 1-11 his first year, last year 11-3. Went to a Big 12 championship game, went to the Sugar Bowl and played Georgia. So, it's possible, but it's going to be hard this year. It's going to be harder for Baylor than it was in years past. And he has Kansas State and Kansas, the Kansas schools, coming in last. You know, Les Miles does in year two at Kansas. And the final conference we're going to talk about because we're running out of time here is the Pac-12. We got the likes of Oregon winning the North. As we've said, every quarterback in the Pac-12 North, every starting quarterback from last year, minus California, or Cal, it just feels weird to call them California, even though that's what they are, they lost their starting quarterback. Oregon lost a starter. Washington, Stanford, Oregon State, or not Stanford, Stanford, well, I guess technically KJ Costello wasn't their starter at the end of the season, but he was prior, so we'll count that, I guess, Davis Mills coming back. He hasn't finishing third-team all-conference this year. And then Washington State lost their quarterback. For Cal, yeah, Chase Garbers coming back. Had a lot of success at Cal when he's on the field. When he's not playing, they're a lot worse than when he's on the field. Cal, out of those teams, if we're including Stanford, which I'm kind of – I don't really think we should include Stanford since David Mill, Davis Mills was the starter for most of the season. He's the only one returning. Let's just go like that. Oregon doesn't have a starter yet. If you look at who they've got on their roster, they got a transfer coming in in Anthony Brown. Then you got Tyler Shoho or Show. I don't really know how to say his name. He played a little bit last year. Three touchdowns, 80% completion percentage, 144 yards. I mean, just in garbage time, so it wasn't anything spectacular. But Oregon, 12 and 2 last year. They will win the Pac-12 North. I don't think they'll have any problems there. Not a lot of detail needing to be talked about there for the Pac-12 South. USC, same thing. I don't think they'll have a lot of problems here. Pac-12 is very top-heavy this year with the likes of Oregon and USC. USC, Amonra St. Brown. See, I got it right earlier. I think I got it right earlier. Keaton Slovis is coming back. You got eight stars in offense returning, nine stars on defense for USC. Keaton Slovis, one of my favorite quarterbacks in college football, they will easily win the Pac-12 South. And it'll be a very interesting game in the Pac-12 championship game between these two. That's why I have USC as my surprise team of 2020. Now, you got Utah there. They got Jake Bentley coming over from South Carolina, transfer quarterback. They lost Tyler Huntley this past year. I think he's on the Ravens now. So, see how he does. They're returning seven stars on offense, which is good, but only two on defense. So, that's why I have them dropping off this year lost Zach Moss lost Tyler Huntley two very big cogs in their offense last year look at Zach Moss 1400 yards Huntley 3,000 yards passing 19 touchdowns also put up around 444 yards in gained yards now sacks and net yards are different but we'll talk about the gains because it's a bigger number so we'll just go with that <laughs> but Utah I think they'll take a tiny step back this year Arizona State with Jaden Daniels they're returning 12 people total, only four on offense for a young quarterback. That's not ideal. But Jaden Daniels, I think, has the talent to overcome that. So we'll see how he does in year two. UCLA, uh, Chip Kelly's third year here. Dorian Thompson-Robinson, and talent-wise, is one of the most talented quarterbacks in college football. I'm not saying he's one of the best, but talented, he very much is. You look at last year, uh, 2,700 yards, 21 touchdowns to his name last year. The insane game against Washington State last year, one of the greatest games in college football of the 21st century. I'm not, I don't even think that's saying a lot. I think that's 100% true. It's not me just saying it on recency bias. That was a freaking insane game last year. I think he's very, very talented. I don't think UCLA has enough, though, to challenge UCL or USC for the Pac 12 South this year. But yeah, I think I'm going to stop here. You got some of the smaller conference, like the Mountain West. I expect Boise State to win. You look at the AAC, UCF's going to be up there. Memphis, Cincy, Houston. Or not Houston. I, no, this isn't years gone by. They're done. Houston's not going to be challenged. But those top three that I mentioned earlier, even SMU to a certain extent, with Shane Bouchelle coming back, those will be very tight. It's a very top-heavy conference again. With those four teams going to dominate again, I think UCF will win. Dylan Gabriel coming back. 
See if Mackenzie Milton can come back, see if they're going to do a quarterback battle or something. But Dylan Gabriel showed some talent last year. I think they'll be fine going into this season. I think they'll win the AAC. The Mountain West, Boise State, I think they've got that on lockdown. Hank Bachmeyer coming back, battled some injuries last year. Didn't play great last year, but I think Boise State still runs the They still run the show in the Mountain West. I don't think that's changing anytime soon. Conference USA. I gotta look at some of the teams here. I gotta go back to his first page because I'm not 100 percent sure all of the teams here. Conference USA, uh, just go with UAB. I'm not not really much of a a uh, educated choice. I'm gonna say that, but I like UAB story, so let's go with them. Old Dominion as well. Let's go with them too. No, we're not going with Old Dominion. But Western Kentucky is bringing back quite a bit of people next year. Uh, nine stars coming back on defense. Seven stars on offense coming back. So they're going to be one of the top dogs in Conference USA, as they usually are. Nine and four last year. They will easily be up there. Mac, Buffalo, I think they're going to win the Mac this year. They got a lot, they've got a quite a few people returning next year. And then the Sun Belt, Appalachian State will win that. Not really a lot of predictions needed for the Sun Belt Conference. But that's my predictions, and that's just reading Bill Steele's 2020 college football season preview. Make sure you go buy one yourself. Now, you're going to have to order it off his website, so go do that because they're not selling any in-store. But this is the best book in America. I'll say that right now. I love this fantastic, absolutely fantastic book. And that's where I'm going to leave it today. I'm going to leave it here on this, what is this, Monday edition of the Logan Blackman Show here on the Basement Podcast. Go buy Phil Steele's book, and hopefully everything's up and ready by this time – or. By 11. We're going to try and get the shows out every day by 11. See if that works for you. But that's all I've got for you today. I will see you guys on Tuesday. Peace.